and welcome to Revengers Friends from Work on the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish content to share with the world. The opinions expressed in this episode are my own. Please enjoy the show. You're listening to Revengers Friends from Work, the podcast, with your host, Christina Zellen. In this episode of Revengers Friends from Work, the podcast, I'll be discussing Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This is the sixth episode in the miniseries where I talk about each of the TV shows and movies of 2021. So, first, we are going to go over the plot. So, the overall premise of this movie is that Shang-Chi and his sister are basically trying to stop their father from opening up a gate that unleashes soul-sucking monsters into the world. That's the overall arc of the plot but exactly like the legend of the rings no one knows where they came from or how they came into existence they even made a point to mention that at the end of the movie with the post-credit scene with uh wong bruce and carol they have no clue how they came into this world they're gonna try and figure it out and hopefully we'll see how that transpires but they're saying that they were found like maybe in a tomb or a crater or something But the story of, like, the leader of the Ten Rings has been passed down through generations, and they kept growing until we got to Wenwu, who said this is, like, a thousand years old because these rings just make them immortal, which is kind of cool, but I don't know who'd want to live a thousand years. It seems like a very long time to live. But the overall plot was just... It's another family story. Like, I feel like that's, like, when a character kind of gets, like, a solo movie... Not like a trilogy, like not like Iron Man or Captain America or Thor, like a solo movie. Each of them has to do with like a family. I feel like it's a big family reunion movie. Black Widow, we see this kind of Black Panther is a family thing. Now we get this as like a family thing. Like I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying that it's a very repetitive thing where it's like a yay family reunion. Let's all fight and go get the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I feel like that's just the plot of some of these movies, but they change it up. They they throw in some extra things. They make it a little spicy. But the reason that when we wanted to open up said portal thing cuz he believes that his wife was back there, and that's just kind of the the creature's way of pulling him in to unlock the gate cuz they want to get out. So they're trying to do any means necessary to get him out. Like, come on. We got your wife back here. Open the gate and let her free. Then you two can be together and we'll be out too. It's a win-win for both of us. So that's very convincing. It doesn't take a lot to convince him by any means. He was just so caught up in the fact that there's a chance to be with my wife again. He was just willing to do anything it takes to do that. Shang-Chi and I think it's Shi Lin. I think that's how you pronounce it. I am so sorry. I'm probably going to be butchering half these names during this. I will do my best to pronounce them as I heard them in the movie, but nothing, I, I guarantee no perfection of this, so I'm very sorry if I butcher these names. So Shang-Chi and Shi Lin obviously saw that there was just no way bringing her back. They came to their senses very quickly. They, didn't, they thought that this was too good to be true. They were all just like that. She's not back there. Like She's dead. Like Shang literally saw her get murdered in front of him. Like there was no way of coming back for that yes she has a magical village and there's probably some way that they have to bring her back but they don't like want to she's she's dead let's just leave it at that and let's just honor her memory and that's what shang's aunt was trying to say like this isn't like this isn't a good way to honor her memory like you want to 
burn down our village and open up like this gate with all these demon soul-sucking monsters in the name of your wife. Like she wouldn't want that. And eventually he was still going at it, but eventually in this final moments he realized, yeah, this probably isn't right. And then he died. So, oh well. All right, next we're going to move on to powerful scenes. First one that I'd say was like pretty cool and got the ball rolling was uh, Shang fighting the six men on the bus who were trying to steal his pendant because that's when he kind of like quote unquote spills the beans to Katie that he's actually like a trained assassin and knows how to fight people. And Katie's just trying to drive this bus like, oh my God, what in the world is happening? Like I've known this dude since high school. Like he's like a scrawny little kid. Like what makes you think he can fight? And then he just totally just pounds him and she's like oh okay never mind i was i was wrong he actually can't fight so that was kind of funny and i very much like the pace of that fight too it had like good fighting skills like it showed like like both sides showed good fighting skills like it wasn't really like a slow paced fight like the music was good it was very intense it was very like fast paced kind of like freestyled a little bit with it so i really enjoyed that the next one that I thought was really good was us learning the story about Shang's parents and how their relationship changed everything about their lives. Like, they both gave up things so that they can be together and how much Ying Li had an influence over Wu because he was just, like, this, this ruthless mercenary. Like, he was just killing people and just doing all this stuff, and then he found this village, and he's just greeted by this woman who kind of like threatens him a little bit. It's just like, okay, turn around, leave. Like, don't, she looks like, don't make me hurt you. And he just kind of shrugs it off. Like, I don't know if you know who you're dealing with here. Like, look at this. I got these rings and whatnot. And then she beats him. <laughs> Not beats him, humiliates him. Like throws him in the water. And that was just like enemies to lovers right there, guys. That's it. We got our enemies to lovers trope in the MCU. He like fell. He just fell in love with her based off of that because he finally found someone who quote unquote like met his match, and they started seeing each other more and more. Like they were just like outside Talo's gate, and eventually, apparently, according to um, I don't. I actually had, never mind. I don't know who said it, but somebody said that they uh, Yingli asked for if her and Wenwu can live inside the village together, and the ancestor said nope. He's too much of a bad guy. He can't come in. So she's like, fine, I'll leave. So then the two of them just split and left. And then they had their two children. Yay, happy family. They looked like they were happy. They stuffed a little montage thing, but then she had to pay for the price for her husband's mistakes. That sucks. Another cool thing that I really enjoyed was uh, Shang-Chi's aunt, like showing him how to like beat his father because you just see like, there's a lot of symbolism in that, which you're like, how can there so be so much symbolism in the fighting scene? But there kind of is because she always fought like fought with like her hands open, I would say. Like she had like a stretched out hand. Like her hand like there was no clenched fist or anything like that. And it made her movements so much more like fluent. Meanwhile, on Shang's side, he had his fists closed and were much more like jagged and sharp and fast, and he lost. That just goes to show that Shang-Chi's aunt, she literally says, she's like, your mother knew who she was. Like, I know who I am. 
and basically that equates to we fight with our hands like open like we're not we're just trying to defend like we're not trying to attack anybody she goes you and your father on the other hand you guys fight with your fists closed like you're you have like a lot of pent-up anger and you fight to kill that's the difference between the two of us that's the reason that she beat him is because she knew who she was and she had a lot more love and caring in her heart he on the other hand had rage and anger so that's why he fought he fought with his fists closed and once chung finally realized that and he opened up his hands he was able to beat her so i thought that was really nice to see another powerful scene was shang chi's backstory as to what happened with his mother and to see exactly how and why she got killed i feel bad for her honestly because she shouldn't have had to die for that because these people had a vendetta with wenwu and not her but because she just wanted to protect her family and she had fighting skills it's not like she just kind of said yolo and just started fighting these dudes like she had experience and she was it sounded like because we didn't actually like of course see it it sounded like she was winning at first like when wenwu came back and you just surveyed the area there was like a lot of a lot of bodies it wasn't just hers either so obviously she took a decent amount out before like she saw like another she saw six at first and I was like, all right, or six or seven at first. She's like, all right, I can take this. And all of a sudden, she's like 20 more walk in. She's like, ah, uh, okay. Like, you can see a little bit in her eyes. She, she got a little uneasy, which I would be too, honestly. Like, one versus like 28. That's not really a fair fight. But she was nice. To, she she like favored Shang over Shilin, which I, I get because it's his movie. Like, she was sent, she like sent both of them away. And then I guess Shang came back, so... Maybe it wasn't her favoring him. He just wanted to talk to her more. Another... I got two more. I promise. I feel like I'm just going... Because there was a lot of powerful scenes in this movie. I really liked it. Shang-Chi takes control of all the Ten Rings. That was just a really cool scene. He's just, like, walking, like, up with them, like, through, like, the dust and stuff like that. He looks all cool. He's strutting his stuff. He's about to, like... He wanted to kill his father. He really wanted to. And I guess he realized, he's like, that's not really the way and whatnot and that's not morally right or whatever he was about to do it and then the rings just like bleh they died on the ground and it was kind of funny for us to watch we're like oh this is gonna be so sick nope they just died because they were gonna be used for the wrong reason they're gonna be used to kill somebody that's not really their intended use so these rings kind of have like a mind of their own i think that we saw that a lot more in the post credit scene they said that there was a beacon in them so obviously they have some sort of technology or it thinks for itself or whatever but these rings obviously have moral values and once someone tries to use it to kill somebody like in that way i guess because obviously one we could kill people with them but if you see that someone's like morally right like shang chi has like good intentions in his heart but are using them for the wrong reasons they just don't work maybe that's, that's what I'm gathering from that. Also, backtrack a little bit from that. It's like five minutes prior when Wenwu had five rings and Shang-Chi had five rings. That was a really cool into, like, fight scene. I really enjoyed that. But another thing is they also had different fighting styles then as well. Wenwu fought with the rings on his arm. Like he constantly had them on him. Meanwhile, and it wasn't until later that Wenwu finally gave them up. But Shang never had them on his arm. He was just using them like around him. And there was this really just, they kind of like 
froze they kind of like froze the screen a little bit because Wenwu had his arm up and all the rings were on him. Meanwhile, Shang-Chi came from above and was kicking down on him, but like the rings were like against his leg and not like on his leg. And it just kind of once again shows that Shang-Chi is kind of like moved on with his life. Like he's like moved on like from like the past and he's finally like letting go and like therefore like not holding on to the rings. Meanwhile, Wenwu's still holding on that there's like some hope that his wife can come back to him. Therefore, the rings are still on him. That's just my hot take on that. And then the last scene was, of course, Wong introducing uh, Shang-Chi and Katie to Carol and Bruce because, <laughs> yay, they're a part of the Avengers now, or they at least got introduced to some of them, which I think that's cool. But a hot take here. What if, like, I'm not saying this would, this is probably a little bit of a stretch here, but just hang on with me for a second. What if Shang-Chi and at least the Ten Rings themselves come back in Multiverse of Madness because they kind of have to deal with, like, Wong and stuff like that? We don't fully know the extent of their powers or where they came from yet. And, of course, we got, like, that postcard scene thing where it's, like, the Ten Rings will return. They normally say that to, like, a movie that's, like, coming up, like, really fast. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing out there. It probably won't happen. But you never know. They might just throw something in there. Okay, now we're moving on to characters. First up is Shang-Chi. So he started training to be an assassin at the age of seven after his mother was killed. And he was terrified of his father. He was scared of him to death. He was willing to do whatever he said to make him happy and basically just not piss him off. He was sat on his first mission at the age of 14 to kill the man who was responsible for murdering his mother and he did it and at first he lied to katie about it saying that he didn't have the heart to do it but then he finally told her the truth and said that he did do it and he felt so just ashamed by that that he ran away from home changed his name and started a new life although his name changing game wasn't the best as katie pointed out but he did do it but with katie he finally started to live like his own life and he started to have fun and he had a job that he enjoyed which i thought was really great for him and but once he started once he confronted his father again he was still scared of him and his father called him out on it he's like you're he's like you're still scared of me like you were all like you like you were all these years ago and it wasn't until he fully embraced his past and who he was to fully have the power of the rings and to no longer be scared of his father Simple as that. It was just, it was really nice to see Shang just finally figure out who he was because that's what, that's one of the arguments that the people that Katie, I, I think her name is Sue. That's the argument that Sue made to Katie and Sean is that they're running from adulthood. In my opinion, they kind of were. I mean, it's, it's great to live your life and have fun like that, but there's some point where I think you should grow up, but that's just my opinion, but <laughs> I'm going to say once Sean stopped running from adulthood, he finally was able to have the power of the rings and not be scared of his father. Katie. She felt like she was a disappointment to her mother because she didn't have a quote-unquote good job in her mind. She just wanted to have fun and live life, and she didn't stress about the little things, and she and Shang-Chi had fun times together. They had good times. They're, they were singing Hotel California, and I really liked how Wong joined them at the end. <laughs> And while training for the final battle, she was told by one of the villagers, if you aim for nothing, you hit nothing. 
like if you have a goal, you achieve the goal. If you have no goal, you're not going to achieve a goal. And that made Katie realize that if she had those goals that she wanted to achieve, she can achieve them. And that was, that made her able to hit the quote unquote mega soul sucker in the battle. Lastly, we're going to talk about Wenwu. He was a powerful leader of the Ten Rings for a thousand years. And it wasn't until he met Yingli that he finally stopped being this merciless ruler. She made him happy and he opened up to her and he finally put the rings aside so that they could be together. He finally gave up the one thing that gave his life meaning for another thing that finally truly did give his life meaning. There was something finally worth fighting for because all for all those years, he just wanted money and power, which you can keep going and going and going, but there's not really like an end to it. This, you finally have something that you actually go out there and fight for. Unfortunately, she died because of the people that came there to, I guess, kill Wenwu. And as once she died, he just went right back to his old ways because there was nothing, in his eyes, there was nothing worth fighting for anymore. Yes, he had two children, but I guess in his eyes, they didn't matter as much as his wife did because she was what, she was the reason that he held on to his humanity for that time being. From when he was a ruler, then he stopped for that little time being right there before he like went back to being a killer. He had humanity and he stopped. And yes, the people were still working for him and probably doing things behind the scenes, but he himself wasn't going out and doing things, which made her happy. So once he went back to his old ways, he started training Shang to be by his side and track down his wife's killer, which Sean shouldn't have to do that. I mean, I guess it proved good later to have those fighting skills, but he was just, he was like beaten while training, which honestly, like if you're training to fight, you're going to be fighting other people. You're going to get beaten one way or another, but like you shouldn't just be being just because you screwed something up, but that was the way he was trained, and obviously he was trained really well because even Wenwu's soldiers couldn't kill him. And he even said that to him after they fought. They're like, I told my men that they couldn't kill you even if they tried. I'm glad to see that that was still right. So obviously he, he, did ha- he does have a lot of faith in Shang and his fighting skills because he trained him, but Shang shouldn't have still had to go through that because of his father's anger. So overall, I really like this movie. I thought it was really cool. It had a good balance of humor and action, which is always one of the main things that I really enjoy with movie like MCU movies. Can it have can it be lighthearted, but can it also be serious and have like these really good action sequences, which it did. And I'm really excited to see what part Shang-Chi and Katie have to play in the future now that they've been introduced to some of the Avengers and hopefully more. Just like think about some of the uh friendships that could transpire from that. That would be some really cool ones. I feel like Katie and Yelena would get along just fine. That'd actually be a really funny... Bro, what if Kate came in too? What if Kate Bishop? Imagine the three of them. Oh my gosh. That would be really sick. Imagine the girl power that would that would behold. Kate, Yelena, and Katie. But yeah, that would, that would be an interesting friend group to see. It had a good... Um, It had a good plot, and it was paced very well, in my opinion, and I really liked the CGI. I thought it was very good, and I'm kind of sad at the Oscars it didn't 
win best visual graphics. They got robbed at that. But that's not up for my opinion. Well, I mean, like, I didn't have any influence on who the winner was. But to me, that should have been the obvious winner. Especially that dragon. Like, those dragon things. Like, the the um, the um Great Protector, as they called it. That thing was incredibly detailed. I loved it. And they did a really good job with it. Okay, so that's going to be it for this week's episode, guys. I hope you enjoy it. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.